Hey everyone, it's Naomi Sneakus and welcome to the Firecracker Department. It is a crazy time in this world. It is a crazy exciting time and I feel like every time I open uh, a newspaper, <laughs> I don't read newspapers, every time I check Facebook, who's kidding who, I uh, see some other woman that is stepping forward and being bold and brave and speaking her truth and it is infinitely inspiring infinitely. I, I am so grateful to know some of these women who are this bold and, uh, and I am infinitely inspired by these, these ladies. Um, all I can say is keep going, keep going. It's some days the struggle is, um, overwhelming, but, uh, if you are thinking about stepping forward and speaking your truth, know that you are supported. That's what I have to tell you. You know, um, I also feel strongly, and I've said this before in past podcasts, but I do feel strongly that this movement, the change of equality that is um, happening right now, is everyone's responsibility. Everyone needs to be speaking up more, speaking up about what's going on in our world. Like, I feel always that that was a time, like if I ever saw somebody, um, I remember seeing a fight in Kensington Market when I was in school, and uh, it was these two guys, and they were just fighting. They had like crowbars and uh, two by fours, and it was intense. And I couldn't not do anything. Um, what I did was I threw my bike into the fight. <laughs> I don't know if that was the best thing to do, but it was something. So throw your bike into the fight. You know what I mean? If you see something that you know is wrong, if you hear something that you know is wrong, speak up. Because I think that's the way to, um, you know, it sounds corny, a better future. Speaking of future, no, that's not even a segue. Speaking of speaking, that'll work. We have Kathleen Phillips on our show today, and uh, I adore this person. I have admired Kathleen um, for ages. She uh, has performed and written on shows like The Irrelevant Show, um, Sunnyside. Uh, she just finished working with Working Moms. She's on Mr. D. She's just a Jacqueline of all trades. She can do anything. And um, I've always admired her because I would see her at a comedy show and um, she's quite reserved. Like she doesn't, she's not a loud, boisterous person. But I, I remember like looking at her before she did her set and going, I'm like, who is that lady? Because she just had this, I don't know, this um, glow about her. Like it's sort of a mischievous glow. And then she did her set, and I was like, what? Like, she's so interesting. And when I saw her characters um, in Sunnyside, I'm, I was just, I just love her. I just love watching where she goes with her characters, because they're not just surface characters. You know, through Second City, um, you see a lot of people doing character work. And some people do, I mean, there's no right or wrong way right? It's just your prerogative how you want to do this. But um, some people would do character work and it would just be uh, an accent. You know, nothing physical would change, but just be an accent. Or maybe somebody will do a character and it would just be in like the point of view, which would be different from theirs. Kathleen Phillips does like a character full head to toe, like from... Like, it wouldn't surprise me if she painted her toenails a different color just for each character. That's how thorough I think she is. And I, I have such admiration for her. And when I was at Second City, it's funny, I used to do way more characters than I do now. And I'm not sure why that is. I think when you do, you know, you're doing six shows a week at Second City. And, you know, you want to challenge yourself constantly. So you would observe people in your day-to-day -day life and then bring them onto stage that evening. It was so... Um, satisfying and rewarding to have that kind of instant creative outlet. Uh, now that I don't do improv every night, I don't know. I guess I don't call upon those characters as much. I don't, um, I don't know. I should, and I will. How's that 2018? Uh, man, I have improv shows coming up all the time, and I will now challenge myself to do at least three different characters every show. Because sometimes you find yourself just wanting to be like cool and calm and just be a character that's close to you. Um, I'm going to challenge myself to be way more physical. 
I remember watching uh, Jen Goodhue, who's another firecracker we'll have on our show um, at some point, and she was so physical, and um, I really admired that. I remember going, I got to get more into that, because I like being physical on stage. I like that that world. I think it changes a bit depending on your space. You know, some spaces like Second City has the space to, I don't know, whatever you want to do, kick your heels up, jump on somebody's back. Something like Comedy Bar uh, supports a more textual discussion. Textual? I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm using it. Uh, so it is depending on the space. And I feel like I would like to challenge myself more to um, go back, go back to my roots of physical and uh, character-based improv. So I'll let you know how that goes. Back to Kathleen Phillips. Um, when she first joined the uh, Mr. D cast, I adored watching her on screen. She, um, she and her husband, Chris Locke, who also was a very funny man, uh, came on board around the same time as like the husband and wife um, storyline. And it, they're so funny. But Kathleen makes me laugh all the time. There's certain scenes that we've done together that um, I still giggle about. There's one scene that happened when I was trying to give away some baked goods in the staff room and um, nobody wanted them. It was sort of an I hate Bobby day and uh, Kathleen just snapped in the middle of the scene just goes, leave us alone! Oh my god, it still makes me giggle. She has consistently made me giggle. She's the best. I know you're gonna love her. Here she is, Kathleen Phillips. Uh, where are you coming from? Are you at home today? Mm-hmm. Nice. I, um... I just finished a job. I've been working quite steadily. Yeah. Uh, sometimes two jobs for the last six months. Oh, I'd great. give you so, longer than that, I think. Like, since you started Mr. D, because you were doing Sunnyside and... Uh, yeah, but this has been like like every like Monday to Friday oh, every day like full like time a job sort job. of like yeah like a job job yeah since um since March and so that job just like I just finished working moms yeah on uh, Friday amazing and so like I'm unemployed and are you okay with that well I don't know yet it's a it's an odd adjustment yeah yeah because you went from going like every day to now you're. You're gonna just hang out. You guys are gonna get to know each other again, you and Chris. Yeah. Well, I gotta. Well, he's up doing his own thing. So yeah. you know, I've gotta get out and do my own thing too. I just gotta figure out. Do you find that then. works for your personality? <laughs> the adjustment in our schedule that happens constantly. I don't think that I would. I don't know that I would do. Like I mean, I I, I don't know that I could. Yes, um, yes is the short answer. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, because I, I think change is good, you know? Yeah. See, being able to see the light at the end of a tunnel, the or, you know, or like, yeah. the, you know, the next thing that comes along, the next project, yeah. the next that your, you know, that your, your career is always moving. I mean, it's stressful sometimes when you like finish a job and you're like, well, that's it. I'm never going to work again. Yeah. I love that that's our inclination, but I, I feel like that'll never go away. Like I talk to people that have established careers and they still go, well, I'm unemployed forever now. Yeah. Like, and you well, got I don't know. I guess it happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and it does. It, you're right. It does happen. Like we yeah. have those horror stories of our friends that go, and then I didn't work for three years. And you're like, yeah. oh my god, how could I? Like creatively, how could I survive? Financially is one thing, but creatively. Yeah. Have you ever? What's the longest period of time you've gone when you've started to get stressed? Um. Well, geez, I don't know. I mean, I had a pretty, pretty. Um, unproductive low time for mm, all of the time between I'd say 2009 to maybe 2012 right almost. well what did you do um I worked some shitty jobs yeah what were your shitty jobs that you did uh well I was um I was a receptionist for a while and then um were you good are you a good receptionist? No, I'm a terrible receptionist. I'm, 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 I have terrible organizational skills. <laughs> I um, leave people on hold forever, all the time. <laughs> I once uh, made so many copies by accident that I had to smuggle the extra paper home in my bag because I'd wasted, like, scads of paper, and I was like... I'd rather than say, like, I made a mistake, and it all had, like, one word on each page, and just, like, took it all home and burnt it. Oh, no. Yeah. So you did, you did secretary work, what else did you do? 
Um, I was, uh, I worked at a bed and breakfast. Did you? In uh, Toronto? In Toronto. And I, and I took care of some pugs <laughs> at the bed and breakfast as well. Oh. Yeah. Like animal care. Yeah. Yeah. How was that? Uh, um, a soul shattering. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, oh, I just love the pugs or something, but... Well, it's not that I'm not a dog person. It's just that, you know... You're more on the cat team. uh, Well, maybe, but I mean, in terms of this job, it kind of felt like I was hitting... It was an all-time low for me. I was like, not... I was not getting paid very much. Part of this job, um, one of the details of the job, and, you know... uh, God bless animals that have uh, uh, problems, you know. That, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God bless everybody who has problems. Yeah, How well, about that? one of these dogs that I took care of was um, a disabled dog. It was paralyzed from the waist down. Okay. And so it it needed help. Um, it needed help going to the bathroom. Yeah. Which basically meant you had to hold the pug while you I... had to squeeze a dog over the toilet <laughs> several times. <laughs> A day. <laughs> oh. oh my god. Uh-huh. You're living Bridget Jones's life. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so, yeah, that would be a low point. If yeah, you're like a low point. toothpasting the dog over a toilet. Literally. Sure. Literally. Um, so what was the moment that you're like, that's it? Well, this is actually when I got into uh, writing for television. Oh yeah? Yeah. Because were you ever thinking about writing? Uh, I had always wanted to, but getting into it seemed so uh, daunting to yeah. me because it's not the path that I chose originally, and um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a a writing agent. My my acting agent didn't really know too much about that world, and um, and before that, you were an actor, like you went to theater school. Yeah. So yeah. that was what you wanted to do. But I had been practicing for it a, a long time, having like written, you know, always written like character right. stuff. And, yeah. You know, I was writing, I was writing scripts on my own, um, uh, mostly like sketch stuff. I didn't have a whole pilot or anything, but I did. I had a friend who um, had become an agent, and she she knew me. She knew my comedy. She was familiar with my writing. So I took a chance, and I took her out for coffee, and um, we talked about what I needed to do. And um, I just sort of, like, put my nose to the grindstone, and uh, when I found out that uh, Ron James was hiring writers for his season five, mm-hmm. Um, I put together a, a package and I got the job. That's awesome. And that's, so that was your first started, writing job? And then I, I, I was, there was an overlap where I was working on Ron James and the bed and breakfast at the same time for about two weeks. I don't remember the sketch of Ron James holding a pug uh, over to didn't make it. didn't make the Too cut. sad. Too sad. Too yeah, too sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so you start that like, like dream job as a first job. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, um, but you were the only lady. I was the only lady. How how was that dynamics? Uh, well, you know, I mean, uh, there was a lot of, a lot of pressure. Not, I mean, not just being the only woman in the room, but because it was my first job, and I was working with guys who were a lot more seasoned than I was, mm-hmm. and people who had been on the show uh, longer than I had. Um, but all in all, it was like it was very supportive. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed my time there. What What do you think um, the quality was that you brought that nobody else had? I I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, what do you think you got hired for? Like, because obviously Scott's got his thing, and so does Paul. And I think it was just a different perspective. I mean, I'm not particular. I mean, Ron is he's you know really into the historical and political comedy satire. Mm-hmm. And I don't do any of that, so I guess <laughs> I guess that was my fresh perspective. Like sidekick. I know nothing about these things, so yeah. but here's what I have to offer. Yeah. Do you remember the sketches you wrote to get you the job? I don't. You know what? I don't know if I even got that many sketches on the show. Uh, Are you there? I, there was a the, the sketch that got me the job was actually something that because uh, I had been writing some sketches for the Irrelevant show mm-hmm. on TV Three. Yeah, yeah. And I wrote a sketch where it's a family uh, who is stuck in traffic on the highway. They're on their way to Nana's house. And um, uh, 
uh, that, like a there's a there's a huge traffic jam because uh, <laughs> because uh, a truck carrying pins. Has overturned and there's pins all over the road. Love it. And a carjacker gets in and he he's uh, running away from the cops and anyway they have to take the, the the carjacker to Nana's house and nobody wants to go to Nana's house. That's like the making of a whole movie right yeah. there, starring Chevy Chase. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you did that. Now, did you think when you what acting school did you go to, George? I went to Ryerson. Oh, Ryerson, mm-hmm. me too. You did. Not the same time, but no. yeah. Because um, you were at Ryerson, you weren't thinking, oh, I'm going to become a writer eventually, or did you start writing at Ryerson? Uh, I was always, I was always sort of writing. Well, I was doing writing for uh, myself. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, but I did, I, you know, no, I thought I was going to be an actor. Yeah. Like, so, what was your dream job when you were in school? Well, I thought I was just going to be in the theater forever. <laughs> you got super like, dreamy. really like serious theater. I always thought I'd be at Stratford or Shaw. Yeah, I wrote so many cover letters. Oh, so many cover letters. When you really last festival. theater school? And they, I'm sure they just went straight in the garbage. <laughs> I wrote, I honestly think when I first left school, I wrote 30. I sent out 30 resumes. Yeah. I was just so like, I am going to work. Really? Did you ever do, like, did you start doing theater when you left? I did some theater. Where? Like, always, like, independent. Yeah. Uh, like, I did, like, Rhubarb and, uh, you know, the Fringe Festival. Always somebody else's show. Right. Um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, what else did I do? I mean, I did, I mean, and then I got into doing kids theater with a group of friends yes. who, you know, most... You know, nobody who... Some of them had, to, had gone to theater school, but... Nobody who took it that seriously. Right. And we just, you know, we goofed around and we did these, like, fractured fairy tale sort of, like, improv-based versions of, uh, like, traditional stories. Yeah. And they were the most... I did that for almost ten years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What was the company? Cowboy Moon. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's running... It's I still running out, but, like, in a different incarnation. Or maybe it's just... Maybe it's just died I don't know I'm not sure uh so you did that kind of theater and then when you because I've always known you to be a writer tv actor like that's how I so to hear that like you started in theater school is uh it doesn't surprise me but it's interesting when did you start making the turn uh I guess my my first job was um 2007 I think like, well, that's a second. long time, because, I mean, right. I, gra- I, gradu- I graduated theater school in 2001. So you did theater between 2001 and 2007? And, uh, like, yeah. And pug poops. I mean, I, you know, like, I, I, I did kids' theater, and I did little festivals here and there. Yeah. But, uh, Were you I was, satisfied you know, by that? Cre- Were you creatively satisfied by the theater stuff? No. Why not? No. I mean, doing ki- doing kids shows was lots of fun. Yeah. I had a blast doing that, and then I was and and I was actually writing and directing some of those shows toward the end, yeah. and like even like writing music, like writing songs. And, wow. And yeah, we did. I did a little. Everybody took turns doing a little bit of everything. So that that was the most fun for me. Um, you, you know, touring in other people's fringe plays and stuff. I yeah, I, I had fun. I don't think that I was ever. I don't know if I, if I ever really felt that comfortable, or if I felt like I I really loved the material that I was acting in, or if you know I didn't really feel like I didn't feel like I was in my zone. Mm-hmm. But probably around two thousand and four, two thousand and five, because I was dating someone at the time. Uh, who had gotten? Who had started out in theater school with me, actually, and uh, he was also involved in the in the kids shows. But he had gotten into like comedy. Mm-hmm. He and his brother uh, and a fr- and his friend were part of a like a musical comedy troupe. Can you say who it is? Yeah, the Gentleman Callers, Michael Velasquez. Oh yeah, great. yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, so, uh, Mike and I were together um, almost ten years. Yeah, and wow. he uh, was um, yeah. So he was in this musical. A theater troupe called the Gentleman Callers, and I would go and see him perform at comedy clubs. And then he got together with Mark Forward, and they had a they had this like sketch comedy duo called Mr. Francis. Okay. And Mr. Francis ran a show at the um, 
at Clinton's. Um, and one day I, I wrote a monologue and I asked if I could be on the show. Yes. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and so. Hey, little sister. Um, can I be on your show? Yeah. <laughs> kind of. And then I, uh, then I went and did it and, um, it was like, it was a, it was a hit and, uh, I loved it. Mm-hmm. And, and you then, hadn't thought about comedy before that? Not really, no. Really? No. Like, like I wanted to like... be in funny plays. I wanted to be a character actor. Yeah. I wanted to I wanted to be funny, but I never thought that I would be a comedian. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And I had always been told in, in theater school that I wasn't that I because I was like you know, I was like a, a shy, timid person that I was would be typecast as a as the ingenue. Right. And that's not the way that my, you know, career has turned out. Thank goodness. I, no, thank goodness. Yeah. You know, and it's Ingenues. not what I wanted to do either. So uh, I think, yeah, comedy was the best thing that happened to me because that's where I, that's where I was performing all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's where I learned to write. Right. And it, it, did you remember that sensation of like being doing that monologue and going, oh, this is, this is home? Yes, totally. Yeah. Do you remember the monologue? Uh, um, yes, it was, uh, <laughs> it was, a uh, it was like a, a man who, uh, went on a, he went on a date and he wore, he was the manager of a, he was the manager of a Tim Hortons and he wore his, uh, uniform pants everywhere. They had an elastic waistband Great. and he went on a date. He hadn't been on a date in a while and the date was going very well. And then at the last minute... When they're getting frisky, the woman finds out that he's wearing elasticized <laughs> pants yeah. and makes fun of him. That's great. To the point where, uh, well, I don't know, I have a weird start. He becomes violent and ends up in prison. But anyway. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hit. Yeah, that was it. Um, do you find that you write for men a lot for yourself, like as a man? Um, uh, I... I mean, I don't do it so much anymore, writing yeah. monologues and stuff, but uh, I used to. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you, can you examine that at all? Like, do you know why that is? I sometimes find myself writing characters, and then I step back and go, why am I writing a man's character? Why can't this be a woman? I don't know. I think, well, because the, the usually the characters that I would write would be like, I don't know, they would be like influenced or inspired by people that I had right. met. And I think that, I don't know, some of the funniest or, like, most buffoonish characters I had met were <laughs> men. And that's not a general commentary about men. I'm not, you know. No. But. No, it's more, I'm curious, like, when, like, you might find this, too, when you're writing, like, uh, features or other sketches of, like, challenging myself to why am I writing this for a man or why am I writing for this for a woman, just the gender choice. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, uh, I wrote for both. But yeah. Yeah. But lots of men. Or maybe it was just that they're like in the jobs that I was doing and I don't know, my general day to day interactions, it was more men who were yeah. like coming up and just spilling their guts and telling me things and like revealing things about their character, which I was like, Oh, I'm gonna write this. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna use you. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think you, you get your funny from? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. My family's pretty funny. Yeah, like growing up, were you guys laughing around the table? Or yeah. were you the um, comic relief at your table? Ah, uh, no, everybody makes jokes. Yeah? Yeah. What's your, um, where are your parents from? Uh, my dad's from uh, St. John, Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. Oh, St. Yeah. John's, Newfoundland, sorry. And uh, my mom is from Northern Ontario. Yeah. Espanola. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, only child? No. How many kids? Lots of kids. Really? Uh, six in total. Oh. <laughs> That's a lot of kids. Yeah. Uh, my two oldest brothers are half-brothers. My dad was married before. And then I have two other sisters and a brother. Wow. A younger brother. Funny? All of them funny? Yeah, pretty funny. And so did you guys share the comic limelight at uh, family functions? Uh, you know what? I don't, you know, like, I mean, we're not, we're all pretty, uh... Probably quiet people, really? to be honest. I mean, together yeah. we can we can uh, um, we we like to yuck it up or whatever. But uh, nobody is really like uh, 
Nobody really likes to be in the spotlight that much. Right. You know what I mean? But you do. Uh, Yeah, I guess, to an extent. Uh, To an extent, but I'm still, you know, I'm still, if I'm in a room full of really funny people, like cracking jokes and stuff, I'm more likely the one to just sort of sit back and... Yeah. I'm more aloof, I guess. Yeah, it's wild, like, you saying that you were shy. Like, I I can see that quality in your your personality, but I, I can't imagine fighting that to get to where you are now. Like... It was tough. Yeah. How did you get through that? There's a lot of shy people out there that want to do what we do. Yeah. How did you manage your shyness? Um, I don't, I mean, a confidence is, is a big part of it. And you know, I, I think, again, again, making the decision to, to do comedy and having been in control of the things that I was doing, you know, like the, you know, I could be as prolific as I wanted to be, and then get to get up on stage and um, kind of, you know, sh- show what I was capable mm, of, mm-hmm. um, and 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 get, and receiving like, um, uh, you know, people people liking it, being it being well received is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm having a hard time talking. No, I get it. Is is you know it it builds up my confidence after a while, which you know like I don't want to I don't want to knock down theater school too much, no. but I think that part of the training there was to, um, uh, you know to wean out that like when you're in there for the first and second year, there's this process of like weeding out people, finding yeah. the weaknesses or whatever, and like you know trying to trying to uh, draw like. Um, habits or behavior out of people and and a lot of that process is about making an example of you in front of the rest of your class and you know you work on it as a group or whatever but I found it uh like really uh invasive and um cruel sometimes right the way that they did it and maybe it was just my professors I mean there's a bunch of hacks but yeah, or I don't know. Maybe that it is cruel sometimes. I don't know. I Maybe it is. I mean, yeah, life is cruel sometimes. High school is cruel. Um, yeah. When you're a very shy person. Yeah. Um, but Did you ever feel like quitting theater school because it was too cruel? Uh Yes, I mean, after my first year, but I'm sure a lot of people did. I mean, it's such a different environment, and you're, you know, when you're not... Um, but, and it's weird, too. Like, it's a yeah. very weird thing yeah. to, to do. Every day you're going to go and you're going to do yeah. such weird exercises. And if you're not in that especially, zone. Yeah, especially when you really have no exposure or experience with, like, the like being in the arts. You know, mm-hmm. like, arts training. Yeah. And um, those having, like, these eccentric people kind of be in charge of your quote-unquote education yeah. is, yeah. like, yes. you know, like, this yeah. is a nuthouse. Yeah. Who are these people? <laughs> Someone's crying every day. Yes, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think the nursing school went through that. Or maybe not, they do. And I, you know, like, well, I don't know what I, I imagined it to be like. I guess, like, you know, I just thought it was going to be, like, wigs and costumes. Yeah. And like, <laughs> like comedy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah comedy school. I thought it was going to be, like, I don't know, fun and wasn't. <laughs> yeah. But I kind of thought theater school for me was a time to make mistakes. Yeah. Like, I, I knew that it was going to be three years of trying things out that I couldn't do when somebody was paying me. Yeah, sure. Well, hey, look, I, I, I did take away a lot from it, and I think I learned a lot about being, uh, you know, about being an actor. And I was exposed to, um, you know, like, I'm from a rural place. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, you know, it was my first... Um, my first sort of like taste of culture and the city and uh, I you know I I know things and got into things and learned about art not just about like theater but also like you know I you know I took art history classes and I took literature classes and and it was like exposure to things that I you know that I didn't really know that I I didn't know at the time that I loved yeah and um, your head must have been spinning it was Totally. Like, where were you living in Toronto? Uh, my first apartment... Well, the first year I spent in residence at um, Ryerson. Yeah. 
And then my first apartment was at Sherburn and Wellesley. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> like this, this rural town gal comes down to the city, big city Toronto. Oh yeah. Do you remember seeing things that you were like, holy crap. I remember seeing like prostitutes outside my house and actually like eating dinner at the window just to watch <laughs> what would happen. Cause oh, it was yeah. so fascinating yeah, to yeah. me. I saw one of the best things that I ever saw was, um, a man getting a BJ in a gold car. <laughs> it was like a gold, it was a painted gold, like Camaro. Wow. Yeah. And it, on, the, on Bleecker Street, which was on the other side of my building. Get, I would sometimes walk through there. Because yeah. There's like a, there was a, a food basics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. my grocery store. Right. And they would cut from food basics across Bleecker Street. And yeah, I saw, saw somebody getting a, a BJ and I was like, yes. City life. It's a city life. I'm a city girl. There's a man getting a BJ in the car, and here I am with my groceries. Wow. Yeah. The big city. The big city. I used to live, I know that area, I used to live on Parliament Dundas my first year. Mm -hmm. So same sort of world. And then my mom would come and pick me up, and she'd be like, you are moving. Like, she she tells me the story about waiting outside my apartment for me and going, I can't, she's moving. This is not a good place for my daughter to live. Look, there's like bag ladies. Look at this bag lady coming towards me. Oh, that's my daughter. Like it was me coming with all my theater school garb and stuff. And she's like, you're leaving. But I loved it. I was the same as you. I was so inspired by the life that yeah. was around. Yeah. Um, so when you, so you left theater school, you just left acting. And then what was um, that time like when you didn't uh, act? How did you stay on track, or did you think, I'm going to quit? Um, well, I mean, I was still, I was still doing shows. Uh, and I was making a little bit of money as a comedian. Mm-hmm. I mean, not enough to, like, live on. Right. But... Um, Are you doing more stand-up? Uh, no, still mostly, like, character stuff. Yeah. Monologues and stuff. But, At know, the Ridley? Doing, doing some festivals. And, yeah. Uh, doing regular shows at the comedy bar with Laugh Sabbath. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's kind of what kept me going. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't in that time go, um, that it's too much? Uh, I mean, there was lots of times when I thought about but I didn't know what else I was going to do. Yeah. You know? Uh, you know, I considered going back to school. What would you have gone back for? I don't even know. Like, I considered going back just to, because I never really, I never finished my degree. Right. You know, going back and, you know, seeing what else I could do. Maybe go be like a forest ranger or something really? like that. Do something. <laughs> go, go hide in the woods. Yeah, right. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, the answer to um, what would you do is often in our industry, we didn't know what else we would do. Yeah. Like I remember going, oh, I'm going to quit. And then I looked at my bookshelf and it was all my um, plays and acting books. And I'm like, oh, what a waste of money it will be. To, like, have to give away all these books, and mm-hmm. so I'll just keep going. <laughs> it's like you've invested so much time already, yeah. and you know that it's the one thing that you, I don't know, that you have a skill at, when you don't feel particularly skilled at anything yeah. else, and you think, well, you know, like, I'm still honing this skill, but I know that I've got it. I know that I've got something. And yeah. I was, yeah. And I think I think in that time, too, I was... I don't know. I was trying to teach myself other things. Like I was writing and I was, um, you know, putting together like videos and doing like, a little bit of like, like sketch stuff. Um, they were like, they were different things. Some of them were animated, uh, things that I would make. Great. Other things were like, pu- what were like puppets. They were like sketches that I would do like with things around my house. Fantastic. And I love it. Other things were like, um, these like voiceover recordings that I would do and then put them over uh, either animation or just like still photographs and then you know there is like these stories and sort of monologues and then I would you know put them up on like YouTube and just sit around and wait for people to like them (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah but at least these kept your creative muscles going yeah who taught you how to who taught you how to be resourceful that way um I don't, I, Like, who I did you know. see that did that? Like, that's not a skill. To create your own stuff isn't a skill that comes by everybody. No, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, uh, I saw, I saw other things that I liked. I had took it, I had an interest in, in a lot of things and mm-hmm. I wanted, and I didn't know how to do them per se. So 
I kind of like would take the time to tinker around with what I what resources I had at home and mm-hmm. and try to learn how to do it myself. Yeah. I don't know. I you know maybe maybe I got that from my dad. My dad's very much like that. Oh yeah. I mean my dad can fix anything. Yeah. Um, but he taught himself to do that. He can fix anything. Right. You know, like cars, houses, jewelry. <laughs> uh, and he doesn't go to YouTube. Uh, no, not really. I mean, he uh, popular mechanics. He yeah, like, yeah. But yeah, all yeah. of those those books and uh, yeah, he taught he taught himself most things from. I love that books. I love that um, that quality in people when they don't know how to do something, but they figure away as opposed to mm-hmm. I'm out. Like the give up personality yeah, that yeah. doesn't. I don't find that. Attractive. Yeah, there's. Uh, I think I'm just also impatient too. That I yeah. don't necessarily want to learn how to do it the right way or have somebody show me how to do it. I have to gotta do it on my own yeah it seems to have served you though right like that's probably why you've become such a good writer is because you're just like I gotta get get down to work yeah I think so and I you know I took some writers workshops and stuff and where'd you do that uh I took like a continuing ed class at Ryerson um in that time that we're talking about in that downtime um what what do you think? How do you think you were influenced by being one of six kids in your in your career? What do you think that did for you? Um, I mean, uh, uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, not I was not one of six. I knew that I didn't <laughs> want to stick around, and and I don't know if it necessarily had to do with being in a big family. But uh, but definitely growing up in a small town. Yeah, I knew that I didn't I didn't want to stick around. Why not? Um, I I just didn't really see any like there was nothing that excited me. I was like frustrated. I wanted to. I had always grown up surrounded by the same people, and I guess I felt like I could be somebody different, or I could be more the person that I wanted to be if I had a chance to be somewhere else and do it on my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You want to see guys getting BJs and gold cars. Yes. Yeah. I want, and I want that to be my, I want to own that. You know what I mean? It doesn't to be my. Yeah, you don't have to travel to see that. You want it to be outside yes. your front door. <laughs> were your parents supportive? Were they like, go, go to Toronto? Or was it um, tough for them? They were, you know, like, I think, yeah, they were, yeah, they, they were totally supportive. Maybe disappointed a so little they, bit. They didn't stay home? I mean, home? I was the first kid that went to, I went, that went to university. Yeah. Like away. And I went to university for something that wasn't really... <laughs> yeah. I mean, higher education, necessarily. When yeah. Amy turns to you and says, I'm going to go and take... Like, I'm going to go to school for some sort of art. Like, there is a level of... If she of... told me she wanted to go to theater school, I would die. <laughs> would you? Yeah. But I, you it's know, too late. She's already she got. Really wanted to. She's got two she funny really parents. I some... really think that you. The only way that you learn is by. You know, yeah. if she did, if I said no, I mean, she would resent me. But um, also, she would never know. Yeah. And yeah. You gotta know if you want to do something really badly. You gotta try it. Yeah. You gotta know. Yeah. Do you remember that discussion with your parents of like? I know you don't yes, want me it to was go. Like really dramatic. Was it? Yeah. You were. Yeah. I can't imagine. <laughs> what did you say? I have a memory of like running down the stairs, being like, um, I mean, my dad wanted me to go into journalism, and he was like, "Why don't you go into journalism? You know, you're a pretty good writer. You always get good scores on your essays." And I was like. I'm a pretty good actor too, Dad. <laughs> and then I like flew down the stairs. The sequel next week on ABC. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then they come around, obviously. Uh, yeah. yeah do, was the first thing that um, that you did that they were like, like, oh, she's she's gonna be okay. I don't know. Maybe Mr. D. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I think it took a long time. Yeah. For them, I say I just don't think. That um, it's hard for it's hard for parents to understand, especially when you you know my parents are both like my mom's a social worker, my dad um, ran trains. Yeah. And 
I think that that kind of like life and those choices, especially as a career, like they're kind of, it's hard to wrap your head around. Mm -hmm. Like what? You're going to, you pretend for your job? Yeah. (laughs) Well, we're in (laughs) such a luxury, right? That we get to to fulfill our dreams. Whereas I feel like our, the past generation had to just get to work, make Mm -hmm. money for your family. You have six children to feed. Yeah. You're going to go, like, what's he going to do? Go become an artist? Uh, You know. It could, nowadays, like somehow you could make that happen, but mm-hmm. I don't know. You have two artists in your household now, three with a little one, Amy. How's that adjusted for you? Like she's a year and a half. Yeah. 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 She's gonna be eighteen months at the end of, of September. Wow. Yeah. And how has that shifted your life? Well, it's been a big, it's been a big shift, yeah. but the best. Yeah. Yeah. In what way? Um, I just, I, I just love. I love being a mom, and I watch. I love watching somebody um, develop into a person. Yeah. And she's really doing most of the work, like on her own. I mean, you know, I help her out. Yeah, you stuff. guys are doing a bunch of stuff for sure, for sure, <laughs> for sure. But I mean, she really is her own person. Yeah. Like she, she's got her own personality, and uh, she's not really like me or like. Chris, mm-hmm. she's just, yeah, she's, uh, she's like, she's one of a kind and very hilarious. And, uh, what does she do that makes you laugh? <laughs> I don't know. So many things like she, she, she talks a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you guys make it work too. Like you have very wild schedules, you and Chris and, uh, and this little one kicking around. Do you find that challenging? Um, Being on working moms. I mean, working moms understands it more than any set probably or writer's room Uh, well I've had a lot of really incredible help yeah you know going back to going back to work um full time was uh, a huge adjustment and I felt really guilty about it yeah it's hard to be away from a baby yeah um especially like when you're still breastfeeding and uh you know they need you but you also need them I mean this is like it's a brand new um bond and you feel like yeah. you need to be there every second and at least I did I mean I don't know that every mother feels that way but um when they when it comes to going back to work but yeah I, I uh it was it was hard the separation was hard and um but I was I, I had a lot of help from my mother-in-law and my mom and yeah. Chris and um uh we have a nanny three yeah. days a week and she's really terrific and um is that new for you, having a nanny? Is that weird? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember yeah. talking to a friend of mine. She was like, no, that's, that wasn't the world she grew up no, in no, at all. No, no, not at all. No. But... Um, my family is all like, a nanny. Ooh. So fancy. Ooh. Yeah. But like... Fancy, how bougie. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's what you need to do right now. Like, so that uh, yeah. you guys can I mean, I can't. Soon. What am I going to do? I'm not going to like... Just put a lid on her crib and, right. you know. I don't think you're allowed to do that. No. Yeah, I don't think. I don't have kids, so. Yeah. Um, and on Working Moms, that's a, is that a full female room, that yeah. writer's room? Yeah, yeah. And how, how do you find that dynamic? Like, do you notice the lack of male? <laughs> the lack of man in that room? Uh, um, I think that, I think it's a lot less uh, competitive. Ah, Interesting, because women can be competitive too. Yeah, I mean, this, this is the dyna- this is the first time I've ever been in an all um, female room. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was a uh, really collaborative and very, uh, you know, for the most part, very um, polite. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, we we were were horribly uh, crass a right. lot of that. I don't mean that way, but I mean like speaking in turn. You know what I mean? Right. Um, listening. That and collaborating. Um, you know, and I, you know, I haven't had a ton of experience uh, working on like half hour narrative series. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I've, my, most of my writing experience before that has been, like, sketch shows and, like, writing jokes right. and, and stuff like that. But um, 
uh, when it came to like weaving stories together, yeah, I, I found that um, like everybody was really working to build something together, and it, there was like a, a real lack of um, ego. Right. It was. Um, it was great. I loved working in that room. Do you have any routine in the day? Like, do you guys all start out? Like, sometimes I hear writers' room have like the first half hour is just like chit chat. Oh yeah, totally. Is that how that? Like, do you have a routine that you have set up there or that they've set up? I, I mean, I think that it was pretty much that. Yeah. Like uh, gossip and YouTube vids, and um, for you know probably the first hour of the day, mm-hmm. and then smatterings throughout. <laughs> you need that though yeah that's you totally like, do you need to you. connect and that's and those things are what launch you into conversations about you know the relevant task at hand you yeah know I mean? yeah it's like talking about your lives or talking about the lives of other people yeah what you, <laughs> you care know? about what yeah. you don't care about yeah 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 were you writing for um sunnyside yeah and how did that process differ in comparison, I know it's sketch versus half-hour comedies, but did you bring all your characters? Because those characters you played on there was so genius. Like, I can't imagine anybody other than you creating those for you. Oh, well, thanks. There is a, yeah, there's a handful that I, uh, uh, things that I wrote and, and ended up being in myself. But again, that was like, that was pretty, that was pretty collaborative. I mean... Everybody sort of wrote and was in control of their own sketches. Gary and Dan sort of had final say on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I some of those characters belonged to other writers, mm-hmm. in, you know, um, in the, the... And we had we also had a bunch of guest writers that would come in and do, write for a week or two on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was, I mean, it was a bit different in that we were all writing in the room, Whereas, like, on a show like Working Moms, uh, our days were just about talking, talking mm-hmm. everything out, and then we would go away on our own to write. Right. So writing was a, was a private, you know, like, a, the thing that we did, like, uh, on our own time and, and everything else when we were working together, it was, um, it was hashing and rehashing yeah. storylines. Which do you prefer? The, which process do you prefer? Uh, I, I think, I mean, I, personally, I, I, I enjoyed being in a writer's room where we were talking out um, everything beforehand, mm-hmm. you know. I find writing can be so isolating. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, you don't mind that. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty good at being on my own, Yeah, you know. Yeah, that was just weird for a child of a big family, like where, or maybe that's not weird, maybe it's like, no, finally, I'm on No, when you have own. a big family, all you want is to be on your own. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is there something that you haven't done that you want to do? Um, I think, you know, uh, I mean, I would like to make my own show. Mm-hmm. Is that in the works for you? I'm working on a script right now. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's the big dream. Sure, you know. Well, not for everybody, but. No. Uh, well, I mean, I guess yeah. My my big dream. Yeah. Would be to. Um, yeah, to see something that I made in its entirety, uh, or at least created, mm-hmm. uh, be on screen. Do you ever feel like there's aspects of um, your personality that get in the way of you creating? Does that yeah. make sense? Sure. Like what? Um, you know, I think it's the same things that I've always like struggled with in my personality. And my disposition is, you know, is like, is my, my shyness, my timidity, um, talking myself out of things I'm really good at. Yeah. And always, uh, uh, What does that mean? Like, what does that look like? Um, you know, just, I, I think that... You compare yourself to other people, or worry that you're going to be that. What you're that um, that it's it's not it's not good enough somehow, mm-hmm. you know, or that um, I don't know that the things that you think are 
the things that the ideas that you think or the things that you uh, that you want to create, you know, somebody's gonna tell you like, ah, it's been done before, right. you know, like, <laughs> right, or like, you know, it's 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 stupid, yeah. or it's like, or, no, I'm not interested in it, or yeah, it's like diffusers, right? Yeah, like, how do you get through that though? Because you obviously have. You ha- you found success in your industry, so right. you've obviously risen above those kind of squelchers. Yeah, I don't know. I think it. I don't know. You just maybe. Um, just it's just getting more comfortable with rejection sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that I mean that's also the, I guess something that you take away from having you know spent a bunch of time sort of like in the on the lower rungs of this business mm-hmm. is, you know, you learn, you learn to take your, your like hard knocks. Sure. Yeah. And then after a while, you're just like, you have to take a risk. You have to take, take risks or yeah. you're not going to move totally. forward. So, um, and that's true about everything, you know? So that's, you know, that's something that I've had to, that I've had to learn the hard way sometimes, yeah. you know? But it's like, that's, I mean, that's a life lesson yeah. for anybody. But. What was the biggest risk you've taken? Uh, I think probably when I, you know, when I took that meeting uh, mm-hmm. with my, my, she's not an agent anymore, my former agent, um, Andrea, and said, I want to be a writer. Here are the pieces, the bits and pieces, these scraps that I am too embarrassed really to show anybody else that I have. What can I do with them? Can I be a writer? Mm-hmm. And how do I? I mean, I think I showed her like, um, like I showed her some really personal, embarrassing things, things that I would, you know, like I would you know, like just cringe to go back and read mm-hmm. now. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, and, and that was, you know, that was a, a risk I took in it and it happened to, you know, it worked in my favor and it I got better. Be. Yeah. At, I got better at yeah. writing. What about things like Mr. D and stuff? Is that risky for you? Uh, uh, yeah, because I remember that audition. I, you know, I've never really thought of myself as a very strong improviser, um, but that audition, I had to, I had to improvise with okay. Jerry. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and uh, I did it, and it was the first time that I like, I walked out and at a. I don't really think I'm a great auditioner either, but I walked out of that audition being like, I think I maybe got that part. I think <laughs> I, I think I maybe got that part. Yeah. You're so funny in the show. You're so great. I love playing that character. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a blast. I love it. Yeah, it's such a... Um, it's so different from all the characters I've seen you play and such a quirky, like... like you, I just never know what's going to happen from that character. It's no. fantastic. No, she's so... Um, uh, she's so, like, uh, twisted. Yeah. She's a little, uh, bonkers. And yeah. Kind of an asshole. And, uh, <laughs> and then, like, Chris coming in and playing your actual husband. Yeah. Such a funny combo. Yeah, it's that so... we have this, like... We've established this history of me being like this, like a swinger yeah. sex freak, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> which is such a great contrast in Jerry's world. Like it's so far from anything any of the other characters bring. Right. It's great. Um, do you do you feel any responsibility to um, women in our industry that are coming up, like younger women, <sighs> to help them or in any? Or support them in any form? Um, well, uh, I mean, I I mean, I guess I don't think about it as a responsibility, but I think that, um, you know, uh, I've been a token woman, a woman, women? <laughs> yeah, you could, because token, you play so many characters. Yes, yeah, you're talking women. Many facets of my uh, personality. Yeah. Whatever. I, uh, I've been a token woman in, uh, like, a writer's room before. And I know that when you are there, when you are the only woman there, and it doesn't matter if they already, you know, you, if you're working with peers and, and you know that they already respect you or they're telling you that they do, there is that push. You have to prove that you belong there, not just because they needed a woman right. and you 
you know, you were at the top of the pile of women, you know, but that you, that you, that you are actually an asset and that you have something to contribute and that you are talented. You have to push further than I, I think then, um, then you, you know that, then maybe you would if you were a, another man who was getting h hired mm -hmm. uh, for the job. Um, so I think that if I have, if I have any, um, kind of experience or like, oh, I don't want to say wisdom. I don't think I'm that wise, but if I have any advice to give, mm. it's, you know, um, is like 110%, mm -hmm. you know, always don't be afraid to, um, to pitch that idea or to chime in with a joke or to, um, you know, like make yourself the center of attention. And it's hard sometimes mm -hmm. because, you know, when you're surrounded, um, you know, with a, with a group of guys and it's, I mean, I mean, it doesn't always just go for you to being the only woman in the room, but, um, who have a rapport and a, like a, a, like a language with one another and you're not really in yeah. on the, you're not really in on the joke or in a, a part of the group. It's it can be intimidating, but you really have to have to like push further to like and elbow your way in there. Yeah, and and just like yeah, you know, bring everything that you've got to the table and try to do your best to to stand out and be different. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like you do that in spades with your characters and your writing. I feel like your writing is like really you have a very unique voice. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Where does, that, where does that come from? Where do your characters come from? How would you develop a character? Oh, I don't know. I mean, probably somebody that I've run into in life. Yeah. Somebody that uh, somebody who pisses you off is always a good. You know, <laughs> That's a great place to start. Yeah, You're right. A great place to start. You know. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, the person that you wish you had it told off. I mean, it's 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 cathartic to sort of do that. In like writing, yeah, for sure. <laughs> or by like lampooning them in a you know in a performance somehow. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that is cathartic for sure. Do you and Chris perform together? Not that uh, not that often. I mean, we uh, we used to we used to do uh, we used to do stuff on uh, stage for like Laugh Sabbath, but yeah. our uh, like our careers have gone in on slightly different paths. And, yeah. You know. Given the opportunity, I would, I would love to. And do you write together ever, or do you give him your stuff to read? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. We help each other. Out. Yeah. Uh -huh. How how's so. that dynamics? How do you guys find like when you hand over a script and say, "I need you to read something and tell me what you think." Well, I mean, I I make sure that I make sure that I've gone over it. That's my problem. He's not gonna he's not gonna pussyfoot around anything. No. No. Does that hurt? Or are you okay with that? Well, I mean, I mean, you can never help being defensive, especially. Um, I usually try to wrap up by talking about things that uh, inspire you. So, are you reading anything? What about um, watching any TV or movies that you really got jazzed by, or music or theater? Um, I'm pretty jazzed by. Well, this past um, year and a half, I guess I, I watch. I'm really inspired by um, Sharon Horgan. Who does? Uh, she's the writer and performer in Catastrophe, and she oh, also I wrote love that her. Yeah, love that her. series um, with Sarah Jessica Parker. Divorce. A divorce. Obsessed. Love Isn't it. that such a good? It's so good. Series. I, I Catastrophe ha ebbed and flowed for me, mm -hmm. but Divorce I think is just brilliant, and I, I gained so much respect for Sarah Jessica um, Parker. Yeah. Because I wasn't much of a um, Sex and the City gal. I wasn't much. really either. Yeah. I've gone back and 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 watched some of those episodes. I mean that that show really hit when I was in university, and uh, I don't know. I never got into it. No, I missed the boat. I, it's the same with like, it's the same with like uh, Game of Thrones. I never I yeah. never watched Game of Thrones, and I feel like I'm missing like this real 
like uh, this huge part of like our popular culture. Yeah, you'll watch a bit. You'll get on top of the dragon stuff, and then you'll be all okay. What do you have in your home right now that you play music-wise? Oh God, I don't know. I feel like uh... Rafi. <laughs> yeah, there is actually a lot of Rafi pumping. Yeah. At home. Yeah. Yeah, brush your teeth. <laughs> and no poopy. No Pretty poopy. weird song, actually, Brush Your Teeth. Is it? Yeah, it's about somebody who, who can't go to sleep because they have to wake up every hour OCD. on the hour to brush their teeth. Jesus, that's not great. <laughs> There's one line that's like, you wake up in the morning, it's a quarter to four, and you think you hear a knock at the door. What are you going to do? Brush your teeth. <laughs> what? A quarter to four? You'll be yeah. like, Amy, go to bed. What are you doing? You're having delusions of, like, men pounding on your door in the middle of the night. What are you going to do? Just, just brush my teeth again, oh my I God. guess. Traumatizing. Uh, well, I love talking to you. I think I, it's so funny. I love these discussions with Firecrack Department because... I know people a little bit, like we work together, we see each other every summer, yeah. and we rarely have this much time together because we're always coming and going, so well, it's a delight. Well, it is. It's a great way to um, really get into the shit with somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, do you have any, any catchphrases or mantras that you have in your life that you abide by, or anything that you grew up going, if, if you believe one thing, it's this? I don't know. I don't know if I have any mantras. Or something Just that's... clean it up now. <laughs> <laughs> that serves everything. Yeah. So when you're writing a draft... Just Whatever. Clean it or up. just a mess. Just clean it up now. You just clean it up now. <laughs> before you hand it in. Same with your room. Same yeah. with life. Just clean it up now. Don't wait for somebody else to clean it up. Mm-mm. That's pretty great. Or don't wait till later to clean it up. Just fuck. Just clean it up now and then go. Do you live like that? Do you? <laughs> I, I mean, I, uh, I, I'm catch. I'm playing a lot of catch up right now because it was like, I just haven't been home. Mm-hmm. I haven't really been home, and and the time that I have had at home, it's just you know, I just want to spend it with my family. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of clutter. There's a lot of mess that's accumulated, and you know. That kind of stuff drives me crazy. It doesn't drive my husband as crazy as it yeah. drives me. But, uh, yeah, I, I really... The, the, that's something that I feel like I need to get on top of before I am able to do anything else. I'm just yeah. one of those people that, like, my my space helps the space, like, between my ears mm-hmm. just feel more sorted out. Yeah, they say that's a sign of um, an artist, though, that when you have when you make order from chaos... Like, it helps me so much to go in and organize, like, my spice drawer. Or, like, I don't know, my filing cabinet. I love seeing, like, the order of that. But I also let things get chaotic. Yes. Because yeah, that's totally. how my brain Yeah, right? everything, everything has to go to, like, it, it looks like a tornado has ripped through before. I'm like, all right, well, now we got to. No, it's do time. Let's do something about this. Yeah. This is a bit ridiculous. I mean, yesterday, mm, uh, part of me being proactive about getting, like, cleaned up and getting the house started was to um, promptly take my cats to be shaved. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start with this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you really do shave them down? Yeah. To like the skin? Yeah. They get their lion cuts. They actually really like it. They, they, uh, they act sexy. <laughs> they both look really uh, slim and sleek. Yeah. They look like they have cat suits on. Right. Literally. Right. Like, and all the other cats are like, I love your new look. They don't see many other cats, oh. but yeah, I think that, I mean, I think I actually caught my cat Wolfie looking in the mirror <laughs> today. <laughs> that's adorable. So that's uh, checked off the list. You're so done. that's checked off the yeah. list. I vacuumed up the last of the cat hair this morning. So now I just sort of like work down from there. Well, thank you for taking the time. From your tornado home, yeah, uh, to hang out with me. Oh, well, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, and um, good luck. Can't wait to see what you do next. Did I lie to you? Isn't she the best? Go and see her work, whether it's on YouTube with um, The Irrelevant Show or, or Sunnyside Characters. Oh, she's so funny. Or the Mr. D clips that are out there. 
uh, fall in love with her. I know you will. Uh, and while you're at it, why don't you go follow her on the Twitter machine? It's Katho Phillips. And um, she's always got something funny to say in that world. While you're over there, follow us, Firecracker D-E-P-T, and uh, drop us a tweet or two. Also, thank you so much to the folks that have been reaching out um, through our email, which is firecrackerdept at gmail.com, and just letting me know what you thought of certain episodes. I absolutely love that, and I love corresponding with you all. And just so you know, when you send something lovely about one of our guests, I always forward it to them. So uh, we're... We're sharing the support because I really feel like that's the next level of this um, this whole movement that's going on is that let's start supporting. Let's start supporting great work, great um, action. Let's support great uh, choices. I, I will always give shout outs to comedy shows that have more than just white men on their roster. Always. Big time shout outs. Uh, so let's start doing that. And thank you so much for all those emails. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, stay tuned next time for some more Firecracker Department uh, discussion. And don't forget the last Sunday of every month, we always do a live Facebook slash Instagram chat online to find out what is inspiring you. And we have some great guests pop in for that. And uh, I'd love it to be you. So pop in, say hi. Thanks, everyone. Remember, firecrackerdepartment at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time. I'm Naomi Sneakus.